everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk, the remote version today on our Christmas episode. Kathy happens to be remotely calling in. We are in different time zones officially. For sure. We hope it sounds good. We're trying our best. <laughs> so here we are. This is our Christmas show this year. And this year we decided to do the horrible holiday. Mostly Christmas horror, I think. Although horror I do have a horrible horrible horror. Exactly. What she yeah. said. Although yeah. I do want to follow up because later I am going to talk about Thanksgiving 3, which I ended up, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving I was say. 3, I know, right, Okay. that I did end up watching. And I also watched a Hanukkah horror movie that I'm going to talk <laughs> oh, about I saw later. You, yeah, I saw Ice post that. I was curious what that was. <laughs> oh, God, it's so. Okay, I'll talk about it later. Uh, okay. But first up, first up, I wanted to mention, I know Kathy and I are both excited because we're doing Secret Santa in the Discord. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I have found some really fun stuff for Abby? mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm really glad I have found some good stuff as well. Oh, it was a little bit of an effort to sort it out, but now we're doing our Secret Santa with our patrons in our Discord, and we can't wait to like report back on the shenanigans, because I happen to know there's a couple people that are going to be doing straight shenanigans with it, like just torturing their friends, basically. That's awesome. Right. I will not be that type of Santa. I get you exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah, we did these lists and they were all horror themed, like, you know, five horror villains you love and five horror characters you love, actually, and different things on our list that could guide, guide your secret Santa. So if you guys are ever thinking about doing a secret Santa with your horror file friends, there's, you know, make it themed, theme it. Cause it's enjoyable. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say also is we're also doing really quick Christmas read because we're just about to finish the very good Indians that we've been reading in our book club with our patrons. And we're going to start, we're going to do a quick Christmas read over like the two weeks of the holiday. And so what I did was, is I took, I found three books that are looked pretty good that were horror themed. And I put up a poll in our discord. One was secret Santa by Andrew Schaefer, which is like the office meets Stephen King. It's like a horror comedy. And then I did uh, Where the Dead Go to Die, which I believe was an animated movie later. And then uh, it's it's zombies, basically. I'll mention that. It's about the undead. It's zombies, the undead. And then the third one was a, mov- uh, a movie, huh. a book called Wolf Winter, which is a historical thriller, 1700 Sweden, from a new a new writer, Cecilia Ekback. So we voted, and the w- book that got the most votes was the Where... The Dead Go to Die by Aaron Dries and Mark Allen Gunnels. I'm, wait, I'm waiting on my copy currently. Nice. Me too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the first couple of, well, the first couple of weeks, basically between the 20th and so we're already reading it when this episode comes out. We had to do a little, you know, recording ahead of time, obviously. So the 20th through the 2nd, and then we'll do a voice chat. So if you become a patron before January 2nd you, and read this book, you could join us on our on our book club voice chat. We do a voice chat at the end of every book. I also wanted to quickly mention before we get into very exciting announcement from Kathy and some other stuff. Oh, wait, no, I wanted to talk about the the games and stuff you've been doing. So much fun, but I'd like to make one quick announcement before that, before it gets ahead of me. Sure. And I know that I know that we're we record early, so most of you who are horror fans and read a lot probably know this, but I just want to, you know, acknowledge the fact that we lost Anne Rice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, she passed away on December 12th and she wrote a lot of our favorite things, those of us who love horror and vampires and just sort of honor her life and her work and uh, her literary work was amazing and just, you know, she passed during the season. I just want to acknowledge that cuz she's she's a legend. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, in my so, opinion. I mean, you always know people are going to die, but with like her, Stephen King, there's a couple of others that when they go, it's just like like legend. I know, and and relatively young for these days. She was only eighty, but you know she still lives pretty long life. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Okay, so two games. So when I get together with my my family, specifically my brother, who has been on the show before, if you go back to our car episode, is also a huge horror buff. One of the reasons I became one, because mm-hmm. um, he's my older brother. We have been just experimenting with some new games, and every time I come to visit, we kind of add to the pile. Um, yeah. So Horrified is one that we still play religiously. Um, <laughs> but the one that I bought this time by Funko is Goonies. And oh. it is so much. It's a role-playing game, 
And um, essentially, it's anywhere between two to five players. If you p- play with two players, uh, there's always a goondock master. That's the person the goonies are playing against. And then if there's only two players, the, the other person plays two goonies. So, um, and if there's more than two, then every one, you know, each person plays a goonie and still there's one goondock master. And basically, you have to make it through the caves defeating and using like, you know, data has to use his booby traps and mouth has to use his wit. And, and, and then you can call for like Andy, if you need like extra strength, you know, so it's really flipping fun. It's so much fun for anybody that, um, you know, just grew up in the eighties or just loves the Goonies because it's still a great film and, um, loves like action role playing and, and, and dice rolling games. First of all, the pieces are really great. The board is so much fun, and and it's just it's really strategic. It took us. You can actually go online and and find the tutorials, which is what I did. I watched like a forty five minute tutorial on it, and then my brother and I just kind of taught each other. And now we're teaching the rest of the family, and it's really a fun game to play during the holidays if if you like board games. And then the other one, Shannon actually bought me a while back, but I needed a third person to play it, so we played mm. with four people yesterday. And it's a card game called Don't Get Stabbed. This is <laughs> so much fun, you guys. It's really quick. If You can play like three games in an hour. So if you want to just sit down and play a couple hands. Oh, that's so, fun. So one person's the killer and everybody else at the table are the victims. And essentially what you have to do is you have to spell the word car, C-A-R, um, the, and you work together, and obviously when you spell the word car, that means like you all got in it together and escaped the murderer. But the murderer will hide things like, you know, that, like let's say you think you're getting a card to spell car, it sh- shows up as a dead battery or lost keys, <laughs> and you're like, fuck. And then, you know, if, if you get three stabs, you're out if nobody can save you. So nice. sometimes I was the final girl yesterday and I won. You wow, know, so cool. it, it's really and these are and the, and the graphics are all cartoons and really funny and you can like find first aid kits and remove one of your stabs. So those <laughs> are those are two games if you're with family during the or or just friends. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. for many of us, our our friends are our family. R- those are two really fun games I recommend for the season. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. it worked out. I'm glad that one was fun. I read about it a little bit and it sounded fun, but you never know, right? Until no, you... it's quickly become one of our family's favorite games because it's oh, just, I'm you know, so we... happy to have contributed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll have to bring maybe, you know, we'll play with a third person when I get back, Shannon, because it's one of those that you can literally, literally sit around and play so easily. It's a lot of fun. Well, that's what it sounds like to me, like when you're in the mood for something that's like energetic and gets everybody kind of pumped up, whereas mm-hmm. like some of the other ones that we played, Horrified or whatever, it's a more strategic and it's slower yep. and you're kind of, you're working an angle, you know, where yeah. it just sounds like, you know, we Uno or something. It's like fast and fun. We got destroyed by the Invisible Man this morning during <laughs> oh, Horrified. He just, yeah, he killed us. So, <laughs> well, that game is hard. I, I'm That sorry. game is a lot. We've We've mastered, you start with one or two. And then you play out. Chris and I were playing with four, including the bride and Frankenstein. Horrified's another one. Look into it. It's a really good yeah, one. Yeah. Anyway, that one's a little harder, like strategically for me. Anyway, yeah. maybe my brain just doesn't work that way. But well, I'm I think I was used to it. I was learning how to play it when I taught you, but now I've got it, and you probably find it a lot yeah, more fun. Yeah, no, I could, I could learn from you. It's a. <laughs> There are so many, so many great games out right now. But anyway, it's a perfect time because especially where I am right now, it's pretty flipping cold outside. So Awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to want, mention one uh, slightly non-Christmas thing really quick before we get back to some Blasphemy. other stuff here. <laughs> I know. Uh, the bunker thriller American Refugee is now available on digital and on demand in the midst of Societal Collapse, the Taylor family's last chance at survival, is a neighbor's bunker where their fate lies in the hands of the family patriarch. When tensions rise, who can really be trusted? Uh, You're going to buy or rent American Refugee and watch it today. It's unrated from Paramount Pictures. It's actually Blumhouse did a deal with Epic Pictures. Okay. And they are making eight movies together. And this is actually the second one of those eight movies. And the first one was A House on the Bayou. I don't know if you guys saw that. but So this one's American Refugee. You heard me talk about it in a in an ad that I recorded in last week's episode because okay. what we did was is we gave away five uh, watch codes, basically, to, mm-hmm. to five listeners because sometimes we get – 
things given to us that we can give to you. And so we did that with uh, the codes for American Refugee, and we hope you enjoyed it. I have watched it. Kathy has not had a chance to watch it yet, but I have watched it, and I will be talking about it a little later in the show and my my impressions. Yeah, so that was awesome. I always like to be able to get stuff for you guys, pass it forward, because we all just want to watch movies. I know. I'm excited to to watch it. I uh, I have one thing... People are looking for last-minute gift. Mm. Mm-hmm. All of you out there who love Elf on the Shelf, I'd just like to let you know that there's a second option called uh, oh. Snoop, Snoop on the Stoop, and it's it's Snoop Dogg. Uh, I, uh, Shannon, I would like you to look this up right now while we're talking okay. Snoop on the Stoop. So it's called, and his book is called A Hood Tradition, and he is in an elf costume with a blunt in his oh mouth. Oh my God! And look you can at put him. him and he's got his braids, and you can put him all over the house. So maybe maybe the elf is lonely and needs a snoop. I don't know. Oh, but. oh, he's amazing. Isn't he fantastic? He's got a gold chain. Yeah, wow. he's fantastic. Snoop his whole body snoop. is green. <laughs> yeah, and they also it, there's one other one called Devito on a Dorito, and it's literally Danny Devito sitting in a in a Santa uh, outfit, sitting on a Dorito. So you have a couple options for Elf on the Shelf this year. It says it's a, for the uh, Stoop on a Stoop. It's yeah, a, Twas the Nizzle before Christ Mizzle. Yeah. Like okay, I obviously sound not cool saying that. Yeah, I I I just think this is um hilarious. Thank you, thank you so much for that. You're so Uh, welcome. But also, before we get to the fancy horror facts with Kath, we have a little bit of an announcement. In fact, Kathy has an announcement. We are finally launching our merchandise on the website. We have our merchandise for all of you. So we have uh, not only T-shirts. With mm-hmm. our original logo and uh, the back of it has our website and some other stuff. And we now have also hooded sweatshirts, which we had some people ask for, especially mm-hmm. during the winter season. I don't blame you. And the hooded sweatshirts turned out really nice. We have a couple new designs also coming in uh, at the beginning of the year. So look out for those. And the mugs are back, ladies and gentlemen. We, <laughs> we sold quite a few of those. They're really nice mugs. I know people go have so many mugs, but... Just take a look at these because they're really heavy and nice mugs. I, I really like these. And, you know, they went ahead and even made like the rubber stamp for us and everything. It's pretty cool. So those are back on this website. At the moment, they're a little bit back ordered. But if you put your order in, you know, I'll get it and we'll fill it as soon as we have more mugs. In fact, I don't know, by the time this, you know, it, soon, it's soon, in January sometimes most likely. But I, I want to mention about the mugs too is that we sold out, we've sold out a couple times now with those. And it, they're a little bit more expensive. They're expensive. But here's the thing. They are pottery. So they're Pottery, they're artistic made. Each one is a little bit different, right? Because they're mm-hmm. individually made. And mm-hmm. be careful with them. They are pottery. They are fragile. They're, I drink my coffee in one. <laughs> it's amazing. But I don't put it in the dishwasher. So it's that kind of mug. Mm-hmm. At some point, uh, especially with the new designs coming, et cetera, we're going to make some more day-to-day mugs with some logos on it, but these are actually really good quality mugs. And so that's why you'll see the price point is a little bit more. And mm-hmm. we'll get some, we'll get some cheap ones at some point that are just more fun day-to-day mugs. But these are really the first thing we made and they're one, we're really proud of them. We really like them. Yep. I'm they're excited nice. about that. So yeah, the website is live, terrortalkpodcast.com and you'll go to the shop section and you'll see all the pictures, et cetera. And then you can always email me at terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or there's information that you don't have on there and we can sort it out as we're just getting started. So, you know, let us know. We have a little thing we like to call. That's our rock and roll Christmas. It's version. a little jingle bells uh, version. You, Mannequin Uprising for that. Mannequin Uprising. Thank you so much for doing all of our sound cues. Do you want to hear it again? I w- I, yeah. Do you want me to sing it again though? I do. I, I just enjoyed that, so I'd like to make oh. you do it again. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I just 
must have enjoyed that so much. Okay, go. Oh, cripes. Okay, <laughs> number one. How long was the screen adaptation of the movie It in production before it began filming? Wow, okay. Number two. In 1990, a Nintendo game was in the works for which classic horror movie? The game was scrapped because the company developing it didn't want to pay Nintendo a fee. Oh, geez. That's short-sighted, but okay, go ahead. Right? I don't know the particulars. Number three. M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> called this his most popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. Number four. The idea for Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, was derived from an article Wes Craven read, referencing what topic? Okay. Mm. And number five, which three films ignited the slasher film craze of the 1980s? Wow. I love it because... There's no way I can get them right, and it, but I'm going to learn things. We will all learn things from you, which is cool. All right. So that's our Horror Facts with Kath. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and talk all kinds of horror villains for you guys. Be right back. Right, Christmas horror and villains, of course, because it's the ha- horrible holiday. Horrible. I actually have a one Thanksgiving movie and one New Year's movie and one Hanukkah movie to talk about too. I'll throw those in there with the that's awesome holidays. Um, I guess. I just want to mention that if you get Snoop on the stoop, oh, a hood tradition, you also get the stoop with him. <laughs> He's Thank sitting God. on the stoop. Well, so I, I mean. You don't have to make your own stoop. He comes with the stoop. It's part of the... Like, the elf doesn't come with the shelf. No. No, Looks but like Snoop... like comes with the stoop. I mean, in this picture, it, maybe. Maybe it doesn't. In this picture, it looks like it. You'll have to do your own research. Yeah, for sure. No, get the stoop. I mean, if it's an extra cost, get it anyway. Get it. He I needs mean, a stoop. He needs somewhere to sit. It's, uh, it's I, literally it does in not the title. Come with, it doesn't come with marijuana, though. <laughs> The cannabis is not included. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair thing you have to say. So, Kathy, how about you give us the description? Taking place a week before Christmas, serial killer Jack Frost is in on his way to the Colorado State Penitentiary to be executed after the Snow Mountain Sheriff Sam Tyler caught Frost bearing a body in the woods and noticed his car is stolen. Frost traveled across five states, leaving a trail of 36 bodies in his wake before being arrested by Tyler. After hearing of Frost's demise, thinking that the nightmare is over, Tyler can never forget about Frost's threat, and he will have his revenge on the town. His fears are later confirmed when old man Harper is found dead. So I'll just leave it there. It's basically he comes back. And he's ready. It's a straight up bloodshed across this town. <laughs> I he mean, comes back in the form of a snowman. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a B movie, obviously. So it's got that vibes to it, which is delightful. It's a serial killing snowman. Yeah. With an eroticized rape scene with Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's talk about the bathtub scene and some of the things that Jack Frost says after he kills her. Please. <laughs> So there is an elongated, um, pardon the pun, or pun intended, elongated scene where the snowman discovers Shannon Elizabeth in the bathroom, and she's naked and gorgeous, of course, as she was in the 90s. I'm sure she probably still is. I just don't know. And, uh, yeah, he molests her and rapes her. And there's a carrot. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what does he say after he rapes her and kills her? He says... Looks like Christmas came a little early this year. Well, I hope it was good for you, honey. Oh, I must remember to send flowers. Yeah. 
He also says, is it cold in here or is it just me? Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. So there's nothing funny about rape, but this funny this this scene is hilarious because uh, serial killing snowmen don't exist. And so they're obviously doing a send up of that. And what do you think about him as a villain? He's fun. You know, there's nothing really scary. He's more creepy and intrusive. Yeah. Um, and he's just he's kind of an a-hole. You know, he's not like a you're not terrified by him like we are in some of these others. He's just more of like that very intrusive, annoying, badgering. Yeah. And psychopathic. But he's just he, he he's an asshole. <laughs> That's for sure. This, this is what he is. That's for sure. I mean, as far as B-movie content is concerned, I say you got to watch it. Jack Frost, the horror movie. Now, don't don't get it confused with there's a movie that came out almost the same year. I think this was 98 and the other one was 97 or vice versa. That's called Jack Frost. It's with Michael Keaton and it's pretty schmaltzy and stuff. Don't get it confused with that one. We're talking about right. the B-movie horror one with the with the snowman on the cover of the movie. With Shannon Elizabeth, that'll be your right. That'll be your key. That's in. correct. But as far as B movies are concerned, there's a much better choice for serial killers, don't you think? Oh man! So horror. This comedies. is now in my. This is now in my top oh. five favorite Christmas movies. Oh good! Yay! Okay, you tell us about I'll it then. You, no, oh, I'm gonna let you, you introduce. Yeah, because okay. this is your pick. Okay, so the movie's called Santa's Sleigh. It's from 2005. It is a horror comedy. It's pretty short, only 78 minutes. So give it a whirl. The basic premise is: after a millennium of spreading Christmas cheer, Santa Claus, played by Bill Goldberg reverts to his demonic self and gives the gift of fear. So this is disgruntled Santa, basically. But in a wrestler's body, in a, so a guy who lifts a lot of weight's body, and he goes about, you know, I mean, it's the, to me, it's the ultimate Christmas beef lick. It is, and I, don't, I mean, I don't even consider it a B movie just because it's that good. But I understand because it's like low budget. Budget. You know, yeah, yeah budget wise. So here are my favorite moments <laughs> of this movie without giving anything away. The first is when the reindeer eats the valet. <laughs> and Goldberg, as Santa comes back and you just see the reindeer burping up the hat. That doesn't, that doesn't sound all that funny with us telling you. You got to see it in context and how massive this reindeer is. He, he, he's the he's like the reindeer version of Goldberg. He's massive. Mm -hmm. The next would be the, the Yahoo search engine is called Huya instead of Yahoo because it's Norwegian. <laughs> lost it. Absolutely lost it there. The, all of the little Easter eggs in this movie. Then there's when he says grandpa got run over by a reindeer, lost it. <laughs> and the very end when he's throwing exploding presents. Those are some of my, it, when he's just throwing them and they're exploding as he, I mean, he's, he is a violent Santa in the most bull in a China shop kind of way with no remorse. And he's hysterical. Yeah. This movie is like, he's sleazy and rude and obviously a serial killer and just over the whole thing. It's like if Santa had road rage and just wasn't going to be Santa anymore. And I love the scene where he goes after grandma in the sleigh and grandma's in the car and he's on his sleigh and he's just, I don't know. This whole movie makes me laugh. It's smarter than it looks in other words. So you're going to see Santa's sleigh, low budget, you know, it's got a B movie budget. So, and you're going to see this, you know, <laughs> Goldberg in the lead role and you're going to think, uh, hmm. Just but, do yourself a favor. Yeah, you got to watch it. Just do it. Just rip it off like a Band-Aid. Yeah. I remember looking at it going, oh, it's a pretty good cast. I'll give it a shot. I don't know if I'm going to like it. I'm going to watch it again. It's that good. I'm really glad that you gave I'm it a shot. I'm not going to overhype it. I'm not going to overhype it because when people overhype it for me, I, I'm resistant. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to leave it right there. <laughs> we have oppositional if I hear, if I hear, disorder. Seriously, if I hear Ted Lasso one more time, I'm not watching it. <laughs> not watching it. Yeah, I get it's good. <laughs> Freaking talking about that thing. Jesus Christ. Ted Lasso. I get it. I get okay. it. It's good. I'm not watching it. 
<laughs> anyway, it's on the list. That's a good one that's on the list. And I think the next one we were going to mention, which has become a, a staple, and I know it's a lot of, on a lot of people's top lists, is A Christmas Horror Story <sighs> that came out in 2015. Now, this is more, more of a budget, right? <laughs> more of a budget. Uh, it's a comedy, but it's also a mystery thriller. It's a good one. Not even Santa Claus is safe from the evil that descends on Bailey Downs, a small town that is suddenly plagued with malevolent spirits, zombie elves, and Krampus, the anti-Santa Claus. So without giving anything away, some of my favorite things are that there are zombie elves and all the scenes with Santa and the zombie elves. All the action scenes are actually my favorite in this movie. Uh, I love the end. I love I love what happens for everyone in this movie necessarily. But I also love the Godzilla versus Mothra scene between Santa Claus and Krampus. And kind Krampus, of, yeah, near it's it's somewhere near the end, and it's basically like the. And he, 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 he's a terrifying I mean he yeah although there's a lot of like tongue-in-cheek humor in this yeah he's a scary Krampus yeah so as far as horror villains are concerned like what we're talking about today like you know Goldberg and Santa Slay is funny and all of that you're not scared you're just like shocked and it's really really funny with this that Krampus is a villain like Krampus you know, is you, scary I'm sorry go ahead Jim. no go ahead the uh the funniest villain in that movie is shiny the demonic elf oh my god shiny <gasps> he keeps coming back shiny and he, he every he calls everybody an asshole he's constantly cussing santa out he's hilarious he they really actually develop him now that i'm thinking about they develop that character pretty good because he keeps coming back they sort of show when he's back. normal and average and then you know he gets the the Krampus disease or whatever, and back and forth and back and forth. And Santa, I love Santa in this. He's kind of an antihero in a way yeah, because he he's like the gruff Santa, mm -hmm. and he's a badass. He is the whole movie. Santa, he's not is like a weak little doughboy no. Santa. No, I love it. He's not like hi, I have red cheeks and I'm cheery and I give you cookies. And eating gingerbread. All no, day. he's like bring it, Santa. He's like ripped Santa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Like older guy. Awesome Santa, dude. All I right. like that it's an anthology too, right? So there's like different stories going on and some yeah. are better than others. But I, I agree with you. That last scene of them having it all out is is really cool. Yeah. There's it's a, like angels and demons. Yeah. 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 It's a, I would say, you know, those of us that watch anthologies a lot or what have you, it's not six or seven separate stories in the an anthology way. It's, it's got a total through line. You can pretty much watch it like it's not an anthology, but it does have separate stories mm -hmm. that are, that are weaved in there. But I think it's really good. Yep. I also watched, which I watch every year. It's called Rare Exports, a Christmas tale. It's an okay. odd little movie, but <laughs> I've always loved it. It's delightful. It's uh, a young boy named Pieteri and his friend Huso. I'm not pronouncing that right. Think a secret mountain drilling project near their home in northern Finland has uncovered the tomb of Santa Claus. However, this a monstrous evil Santa, much unlike the cheery Saint Nick of legend, when Pieteri's father captures a feral old man, played by Peter Jacobi, in his wolf trap, the man may hold the key to why reindeer are being slaughtered and children are disappearing. So it's a take on Krampus. It's mm. it's pretty it's got that Scandinavian feel to it. <laughs> and yeah. it's got some spooky parts. And there's a, you know, there's kids are dying and like a reindeer are being reindeer are being slaughtered, but you're not seeing that, of course. But, you know, they live in Scandinavia, so they're shooting animals and cooking them up and stuff like that. But that's not really what the story is about. It's right. really about what's happening in the town. And then there's some really cool parts where uh, I mean, it's definitely a snowy winter movie so if yeah. you're into snowy okay. winter movies and you're into that scandinavian kind of yeah. darker vibe and it's a little twisty and turny you kind of don't know where it's gonna go and then you kind of go oh and it's got a little sci-fi feel to it and i don't know it's an odd movie but most people like it even though cool. it's an odd movie so it's finished yeah. it's in fin I mean, finish any, anybody listens to this show i know that you all have a little bit of an odd taste <laughs> You listen yeah. to us. Right. Yeah. Well, there's that. There's that. What else did you? Awesome. 
you know, I can't let this season go by without me mentioning one of my favorite horror films ever, which is the original Black Christmas, 1974. Absolutely. Um, I know I always say when things get hyped, people resist. But I will say it has been known to be one of the greatest horror films ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was followed by two rebanks in 2006 and 2019, which, in my opinion, are not even worth taking a look at because this one is just so incredibly terrifying. Yeah, everybody says they're bad. I haven't I've seen neither. Uh, I keep I meaning saw the, to, but I saw the 2006 and I was so beyond disappointed. Um it goes I think it it might go a little bit more into the villain, um but the, the story behind that, but the original um Canadian film, Canadian slasher film, it's actually known to be one of the earliest influences on slasher films and known as one of the first slasher films and it was um, a heavily, heavily influenced the movie Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm. So Black Christmas, uh, it's originally titled Silent Night, Evil Night in the U.S., but it's Canadian slasher film in 1974. It's inspired by the urban legend The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs and a series of murders that took place in Montreal, Quebec. My favorite character, or excuse me, one of my favorite villains is the villain of Billy, who's sort of this character that you know he exists, but you're not sure who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot is an unseen man climbs the exterior exterior of a sorority house where a Christmas party is being held and enters the attic. The house phone rings and Jess answers discovered is an obscene phone call from a person who has called before. Jess calls the other sorority girls and they listen as the call rants in strange voices. Barb insults the caller, who in turns promises to kill her. Um, This then spirals on. There's a house mother um, who's now starting to get harassed by this person. One of the girls disappears and the father shows up for Christmas and they're trying to find her. Now, there have been a lot of movies that have been made after Black Christmas, but nobody did it this in such a terrifying way. Billy, who's the killer, he's a fictional character. He's a deranged murderer who taunts and kills a group of college students during the Christmas season. And the way that his character shot every once in a while, you might see like an eye or a hand or you hear a voice on the phone. It's one of those movies where you you don't get quite that you don't get to see the killer that close up, which is what makes it so terrifying because you are at the vantage point of the sorority girls. And so you just, you are along for this ride. And and I just feel like, yeah, if anybody's never seen the 1974, do yourself a favor. (laughs) Yeah, it's on there. But you also, I mean, I would add, you definitely want to be in the mood for something that's more gritty than... Yeah, it's very gritty. Than a lot of the, than anything else we're mentioning. It's, it's of the time. So it's, it's dark. It's got a dark premise. Mm-hmm. It's gritty. It it has the POV. Sexual exploitation, yep. all of that. Mm-hmm. There's the killer POV that was not standard at that time that we, that is standard Giallo. now. Giallo. So it's a good one. Yeah. And I guess we would be also remiss if we didn't mention one of our favorite sort of more contemporary, more, I don't know, big budget ones, <laughs> big budget Krampus movies, which is uh. the 2015 Krampus, which is... A good movie. <laughs> and it's heartfelt. There's so many great moments. I love the relationship with the little boy and his gra- and his, and his Omi. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's such a great movie. I like the villain in this. Me too. I think the personification of Krampus in this is scary because the CGI is good. The sound is good. The way it's shot is good. And it's funny. Like you're getting the laughs and you're heartfelt family kind of stories but then it also delivers with the the sound effects and the fear and the different things that Krampus does for me it it really works for on both levels which I think is what makes it succeed it does because it it's there's such an atmosphere to it and then you're really rooting it's very character driven you care about the characters even the ones that you're not crazy about you start to go I really don't want that person to die Mm -hmm. um and uh there's Krampus is just one of the many villains so the elves are creepy as hell and then Santa's bag of toys that Mm -hmm. ends up in the attic I'm just gonna leave that right there (laughs) that's probably more terrifying than Krampus um so yeah yeah, I mean, it's the basic, fun. Uh, this, you know, the log line is your basic, a boy who has had a bad Christmas accidentally summons a festive demon to his home. <laughs> There's nothing festive about Krampus, however. So, no. I mean, Tony Collette is in it, Adam Scott. I mean, there's a bunch of 
actors. And it's, in a, it, it's so. the metaphor is really great because it's essentially about what happens when we give up hope, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, it's um, got that so, yeah, message too. So it does. That's good. a good one. And then my last guy, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure everybody out there or most people have seen the movie Gremlins, mm-hmm. um, but Stripe is uh, obviously, he's such he's a fun villain. He's also known as Mohawk. Uh, he's the main antagonist of the 1984 film Gremlins and the secondary antagonist of the sequel. Uh, he was given the name Stripe because of the white quiff of hair on his head, which runs down to the end of his neck. So, you know, he's sort of the lead of the villains, Mm-hmm. And they all become gremlins. And he's just a fun, he's another one who's kind of an a-hole, right? He's yeah. just, he's a, he starts all the shit. Yeah, he does. He does. He's amazing. I love gremlins. I watch it every year. I have not done my gremlins watch yet. I'm going to do that a little bit later. Uh, by the time you're listening to this episode, it's right up on Christmas. So I will have watched it by then. And I'm sure we'll have some posts on the Instagram or something about gremlins because we both really like gremlins. Yeah. But yeah. It's a fun one. It's, it's a lot of fun. I also watched some other holiday things that I want to mention. So I wa- <laughs> we talked about Thanksgiving already. Oh, so geez. Are you bringing us back? What did I do? I tortured myself. And I watched Thanksgiving 3. And there is no Thanksgiving 2. So they renamed it Thanksgiving Killing the sequel. But they make jokes about it in about thanks, how there really is no Thanksgiving 2. Okay, so... <laughs> this is rough. So thanks, Kelly. Do people even get that joke? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, what? Why? Why is that a joke? Aha! Uh-huh, got you. There's no second it, one. So it, it's in line with the rest of it. So turkey <laughs> named T U R K I E turkey, <laughs> like a name, carves his way through college students on Thanksgiving break. Okay, so that makes it sound like you're getting another Thanksgiving, which for my money, the ultra low budgetness of Thanksgiving and what happens in that movie, just like we talked about, was is beautiful. It's just like bad and fun and all of that. Thanksgiving three, none of that happens. All you had to do was make a movie where there's a turkey and it kills people, and you know it doesn't make any sense, right? Like that's all you had to do. Do what you did in the first one with us with different victims and we would have been happy. But no, what did they do? They made a puppet movie. I I, I can't really tell you this why. Is the third one you're talking about? Yeah. Well, there's only two, but this is the right. third one. But, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hear me. Hear me. They made a puppet movie. It's puppets. So w- there's no there's no actors in it. It's it, just there's puppets? a turkey at the beginning, like you saw in Thanksgiving, to try to grab you like the first mm-hmm. few minutes, and mm-hmm. then it's puppets. It's literally frustrated puppeteers making oh, Thanksgiving wow. three. I mean, I don't. I mean, we all kind of enjoy, in the horror communities we enjoy Thanksgiving because it's ridiculous, but Thanksgiving three is bad. It has nothing going for it. It's not what we. I mean, it's uninspired garbage. Wow. I There's mean, for you feel. to talk that way about one of your favorite films. <laughs> Thanks, Kill. <laughs> Not my favorite film. But but like, it's a yeah, it's a thing. All you had to like do gonna, was it again. You just had to do it again. Right. And people already thought they got it again and they really didn't get it again. So when they made it the third, which is really the second, they had time <sighs> and they turned it into a puppet movie. I'm so sorry to hear that. Puppets. Just like there puppets. were, I watched this with friends and there was a few minutes in and like, okay, why, why is there a puppet? <laughs> like, it was just like, what are we doing? And I kept saying, oh, these filmmakers are frustrated puppeteers and they just wanted to make a puppet movie. I guess yeah. it was awful. All right. Yeah. So that's, I'm going to stop now. I mean, I I can't. So I also watched another not good movie. 2020, this movie is called Hanukkah, and it's a horror movie. And I was really hopeful because we did these, uh, we do these challenges in the Discord. You can win stuff, and I send everybody prizes and stuff. But I I create all the criteria, and I had lo- one of the criteria was you know a Hanukkah horror movie. And I had looked it up, and I had seen that there was really only one movie, but I hadn't seen it. Okay, cool. And then I know that you know there's Hanukkah horror in anthology type movies, so I figure, well, okay, people can use one or the other. So some of us watched this movie. Obadiah Lazarus, the son of the original Hanukkah killer, 
becomes a religious extremist, intolerant of non-Jews, quote-unquote bad Jews, and those he perceives to be enemies of the Jewish faith. He's about to unleash eight nights of horror. So the beginning of this movie, I was kind of on board. I could tell it was going to be an ex- kind of an exploitation horror in that genre. It probably took its ex- inspirations from things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, etc. And so there were lots of boobs running around and, you know, torture, things like that. And I was like, okay, so a little bit ways into it, maybe 20 minutes or so, it starts to be... Oh, it's so bad. I can't even tell you. And one of the things we all really realized actually from this challenge and watching this movie is that Hanukkah horror films, films, you know, there's so many Christmas horror films and I didn't want to be like biased towards Christmas with the horror movies, but I, I can't find them. You guys, if you know any Hanukkah horror movies, like you can Google that shit till the cows come home and all you can find is this one movie and it was only made last year. And some anthology stuff and maybe some short films, but y'all need to make some Hanukkah horror movies because it would be great. There's so many things you could do with that. There really are. I was annoyed. There really are. I also watched a new year's horror movie. It's a, it's from the into the dark series from Hulu. I don't know if you've watched Uh any of those, but Mm -hmm. it's called new year, new you. And I think it's like season one. Yeah, it's in season one. Old girlfriends celebrate on New Year's Eve with a girl's night out. But as old memories return, so do old resentments. When I was watching this movie, it wasn't like necessarily a movie I would, um, I wouldn't probably never watch it again. But it was definitely girl on girl violence. And it was mean girls. And it was you know, girls, how we can treat each other in very bad situations. And that to say, I thought you might like it because it's like um, there's just a lot of female dynamics. And I know that when there's female dynamics in a movie, you will lean into that and you'll have a really interesting, different perspective on that. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, I wonder what would happen if Kathy watched this, because I'm not saying it's a good movie. I don't think it's a necessarily a bad movie either. Like, I don't think it's it's not Hanukkah. Uh, it's not Thanksgiving three. It has a budget. It's part of the Hulu into the dark series. Now, some of those are really good and some are really not. And I would say this one is not, not that great, but there's, and there's a lot of tropey female characters in it. And then there's tropey kind of female violence. So again, I'm not recommending this particular episode and, and, of into and, and the what dark. And what is this? What, what is it called? It's I mean, called, into the dark is, but what's that episode that you're talking about? New year, new you. New year. New year, new you. Yeah. So there's some social media aspect to it. You've got, you know, the the scenes are well set. They're, you know, it, it's got money. It's a decent flat slasher pit flick. That's another way, reason why I thought of you is like there's a lot of cliches and stuff and it's on New Year's and it's women who are friends and then all this resentment stuff comes out. But it's a slasher and it's got some, it's got some zhuzh to it. I, I don't know when I was watching I just thought of you and I thought this is kind of up Kathy's alley because of the the female dynamics and also the slasherness of it so I don't know excellent yeah I like it anything else no do you have a favorite villain I mean is Krampus kind of your favorite villain or do you more like the slasher serial killer villains of the Christmas horror mm, that's a hard question I, I know, think that's right? what depends on what I'm in the mood for but yeah. um I think I like the just the whole legend of Krampus. Yes, me too. Um, it's a cool traditional le- urban legend that the you know German pe- peeps have. I think it's kind of cool, and yeah. the idea that he eats children. You yeah. know, I'm yeah, down with for that sure. for yeah. sure. I mean, I have so, a lot of other really. I have a lot of other horror Christmas horror movies that I watch, like Mercy Christmas and uh-huh. se- several others. But as far as villains are concerned i think really i mean there's a ton of really bad krampus movies as well i would love it if you guys would tell us your favorite krampus movies because if i can find some other ones i would love to mix it up because Mm -hmm. i've got three or four 
I've watched some of the low budget ones that are really, really bad. And I just haven't found any other really good Krampus movie. So please mm. let us know. Cause I know Kathy would be interested too. So we're going to take right. a little break. We're going to come back with some book talk and some other movie talk because we watched other movies. <laughs> it's true. I watched some other movies. I'm sure Kathy did. And did. Uh, we'll be right back. You know, I was thinking, I have a lot of non-horror holiday rituals around movies. Like, I I realized in the last many years that I have a bunch of comedies, Christmas comedies mm-hmm. that oh, I yeah. watch. That's like a thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. The Family Stone, Bad Santa, Four Christmases is one I've started watching every one. year. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you get into the horror? Co- I mean, the um, not horror, oh, but yes. the comedy for Christmas too. My whole family knows every word to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. There you go. <laughs> I also own the Christmas Village to Christmas Vacation. Um, <laughs> nice. I have to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn. Fred Claus. I've already. Yep, I've watched that this season. I watch it every year. And then. Family Stone's another one that I watch. Mm-hmm. I like some of the classics too, you know, some of the black and whites and even like uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah, I like White and Christmas the, and yeah, Christmas, Car- so, Christmas Carol. I like the really Mir- creepy Christmas Carol ones. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, the Jim Carrey one's really good. Cool. The animated one with mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, really, really good. I think came out like 10 years ago. It's super good. Miracle on 34th Street, the original. Yeah. I love I, I definitely yeah. do the saccharine stuff, too. Like, I do horror comedy stuff. Um, one of my favorites is Scrooge. I always watch Scrooge, oh, like, yeah. right That's on Christmas or right around Christmas. But then I also do the Charlie Brown thing. I do maybe some black and whites. I do, And then I'm just going to add this because I am the light in the dark. I go and watch Hallmark and Lifetime oh, movies yeah. as well. And it- have you noticed that Hulu and Netflix have brought a lot of the Hallmark ones on that like type ones? Yep. There's there's one that they made Netflix put out this year though that's not a Hallmark one but is so good if people out there haven't seen it um and such a like fun and feel good movie is it's called Love Harder and it's with uh I forget her name from Vampire Diaries but it is really cute and they meet online and he ends up not being who he posts. And you will just fall in love with his family. It is just like a really good heartfelt movie. It's And it's super funny. Yep. I thought that one was really good. I watched it too. I thought they were really funny. And it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. It's funny and cute and heartwarming. But I also yep. watch... Hallmark and Lifetime slop as well as oh, yeah. the as <laughs> yeah. where as well as the Netflix romance slop these days too because now they're in the game of course because the, I'm a fan of Christmas inheritance there you go that's a good one that's they a good do, one they do all these mm-hmm. like Christmas prince ones and and all this stuff. oh yeah the um princess switch there's princess switch there's and then there's Christmas one, two, prince as well <laughs> Christmas Switch has a third one out this year. There you go. There you go. I've watched all three. And yeah. last year, uh, Rob Lowe did one with a woman from <gasps> that Sex That was in the really City. good. Uh, Holiday in the Wild, I think it's called. And of, cor- of course I saw it. Yeah. And this year, Brooke Shields did one for Netflix where, uh, you know, she goes and meets some prince or whatever. And uh, it's tried, a guy from I A Princess Bride. One. Yeah, it's the guy from A Princess Bride who's Carrie Always, who's really good in that actually, yeah. and he he's like a weird. It, it's like he stands out because he's such a good actor, and among all the other <laughs> things happening in that movie, he really stands yeah. out. But anyway, I wanted to mention that like I have all these other types of movies, so this is an intense season for me because I have to try to get all the horror watches in. There's all this like OCD ritual around like, okay, I got to watch these things and I got to watch those things and I got to do this thing. But um, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun in the end, but I have a feeling I'm going to get to January and be like, okay, (laughs) okay. All right. So 
let's talk a little bit about some other stuff we've watched. Do you have something else that you've watched that maybe you want to share? I watched a movie called Holiday Hell. Oh, It's a four-part anthology film that delivers the occasional treat, but according to um, a lot of the people who reviewed it, fails to capture that sought-after holiday spirit. I watched it mostly because Jeffrey Combs plays the narrator of this rare gift shop that has all these um, strange gifts that have been handed down by family, and um, they're all sort of cursed in a way, at least the ones that they use in this anthology so the names of the four different i think there's four different ones um part one is called Dollface. part two is called the hand that rocks the dreidel <laughs> so you can guess that that one's about there you go first hanukkah. one is first one's valentine second one's hanukkah third one is christmas carnage that is my favorite one i'll t- i'm going to tell you about that one fourth is part four room to let mm. And I think that's it. Those four. Yeah. So my favorite one is number three, Christmas Carnage. And most people say it's the strongest story out of all of them. The story centers around a disgruntled man played by Joel Murray. So people might know him from Mad Men, Shameless, Still Standing. He's in an unhappy marriage and his dead-end job has tasked him with playing Santa for his company Christmas party. The small cast and camera cuts succeed in creating what feels like a realistic party. So what ends up happening is he finds out that he didn't get the promotion and his wife is just a bitch he comes home he's trying to be intimate with her she's like you know how'd you fuck this up you didn't get the promotion you, you have the most seniority he's like i'm really sorry wow Tries to get close. anyway he goes to the christmas party finds her sleeping with the guy who got the promotion and then a bloodbath ensues because let's say all that compartmentalized anger comes out as he's dressed as Santa. Oh, and he's like a year into his recovery. He hasn't had like an ounce of booze. So, of course, that ends up failing. And then he has this grand idea to dress up as Santa and just a bloodbath ensues. That's amazing. And Jeffrey Combs narrates this whole thing. I, I mean, he's like the reason why most people get pulled to watch it, but he's not like the main focus. He's like the narrator, but I'll watch anything he's in because I love him. I know that so one fun. of our... Go ahead. What? I said, so it was fun. One of our patrons used that as her... Hanukkah movie for the challenge because it had that Hanukkah story in it. So I know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> she even out. It was blue. She even asked me. She's like, "Can I use this? Do I have to watch that awful Hanukkah movie that you guys hand watched? that? Dra- oh, and let me just say, and she'll probably tell you about this too. The hand that rocks the dreidel. The the little rabbi is the size of like the little guys in Puppet Master, and he's got a knife the same size, and he does the same sort of slice on the Achilles. It was like a total Puppet Master movie. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Oh, I watched the picture. day. I watched the Day of the Beast, which I ooh watch well, every every year around this time. There he is. It's a Basque movie. Um, nineteen ninety five. The story revolves around a Basque Roman Catholic priest dedicated to committing as many sins as possible. A death metal salesman from Carabanchal, I don't know, and the Italian host of a TV show on the occult. <laughs> these go, these guys go on a literal trip through Christmas time Madrid to hunt for and prevent the reincarnation of the Antichrist. So this movie is ridiculous, and I watch it every year, and I don't know why. There is a point at which I will not ruin it, but we'll just watch out for the goat. I, I Okay, so I started watching it with you guys, and I'm on a different time zone. Yeah. And I will say, is I, I think I got about an hour in. I didn't make it to the goat, but it is hysterical. Like, I was laughing <laughs> out loud by myself. I'm glad. Glad. It's hilarious. I'm glad it's a you know foreign movie for us Americans, but it's uh I watch it every it's year and so I witty. I kind of always forget about it, and then people remind me of it, and then I and then I go like, oh yeah, I gotta watch that movie, and then I usually program it because it's one of those movies I think people should see. And it is it's <laughs> such a find. Like when we started, I'm like, I'm not sure what we're watching, but about like 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is a gold mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you liked it. So that's this another. Is, this is our uh, this is our rabbi here. Oh, she's showing me a picture of the <laughs> puppet master, right? Yeah, the puppet master rabbi for sure. Yeah. Wow! Now I gotta watch that one. I'm gonna put that on my little list so that I can make sure I check it out. <laughs> too good. That's too good. 
You know, I want to step away from the Christmas movies. I mentioned at the top of the show that I was going to talk about this movie, American Refugee, that we gave away some mm-hmm. codes to last week. It's a 2021 movie. And, you know, the official description is that the bunker thriller American Refugee is now available on digital and on demand. So that's really cool. It's it's after societal collapse. The Taylor family's last chance at survival is a neighbor's bunker. And that's what happens. There's this family, pretty average family. They're having marital troubles uh, in this couple and they have some kids and they have a new baby and what's very clear is right away they're having they're having marital troubles but then the collapse of the stock market happens and society goes to hell it's kind of you know what could have happened with covid what could have happened with any you know 911 what could have happened with anything and then society just becomes you know, mm-hmm. uh, collapsed, uh, kind of an apocalypse, and you've got people looting, and you've got people stealing of each other's houses, and, you know, it's that scenario, the purge type of thing. Yeah. And what happens is they, but then it becomes, so that's the backdrop, but then it becomes a personal story about this family and how they have to take refuge in the neighbor's bunker, and the neighbor mm-hmm. and his family are quite different. You know, he's a military guy, he's been trained, you know, the the original family is intellectuals, and, and so... You know, it's a thriller, so not good things ensue, but it's a it's a solid movie. The performances are really solid. I hope that those of you guys who won the codes uh, have checked it out. Like I said at the top of the show, it's an epics uh, slash Blumhouse production. That's the second of the eight that they did a deal. So I'm a deal with. I, I'm just looking forward to more. You know, it's got Derek Luke in him in it. I really like him and Erica Alexander, and then Sam Trammell from True Blood is the neighbor with the bunker. Ooh. He's a little unstable. Okay. But yeah, it's really good. I really like Derek Luke, so I was happy to see that he was basically the main character in it. And Erica, oh, one of the things I was going to mention to you is that Erica Alexander plays a very strong female character that i really dug nice she's i mean i i know that Derek luke is the star but she's definitely the star of this movie and she plays very cool uh the a a wife and a mother and a kick-ass person she uh she ends up being kind of the main character in my opinion so i really enjoyed it and i wanted to mention it to you because oh very nice i I look forward to it yeah yeah. The other one that I watched was Ghost Lab. Okay. Ghost Lab is a 2021 Thai film directed by people I'm not even going to try to <laughs> I know. pronounce or I will be insulting them mm-hmm. tremendously. This is a really, really cool film. It's sort of a, I'll give you the description in a, in a moment here, but I, I kind of found like it was a combination between Flatliners and invisible man mm-hmm. and it's essentially about these two doctors who are trying to prove that ghosts exist so after witnessing a haunting in their hospital two doctors become dangerously obsessed with obtaining scientific proof that ghosts exist so they sort of flip a coin to see which one is going to take their own life to go beyond. And then one is going to stay and, and try to work with him from beyond. So it, yeah, it's, it's a flatliners esque, but then it has this whole, you know, paranormal activity thing. And then it also really deals with crossing over uh, and, and just the difficulty that we have with grief and our mortality Mm. because one of them loses their mother and realizes like, Oh, now I need to go and see what that other side is like. And then there's regret involved. And again, it's like when man plays God, what happens, but there's also some like really creepy moments in it as well. And the characters are really well developed. So I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was good. That's great. It looks like it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Just so people can can find it. I also watched this new movie called The Unforgivables. Yeah, it's The Unforgivable. It's a new Sandra Bullock movie. It's a 2021 drama. It's out on uh, HBO Max. And I saw it pop up there. And you know, she's Sandra Bullock plays a convict. And she's playing very much against type. Which I think is, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. It's like, this is very smart. (laughs) This is very smart. 
and I don't know why she, I'm, uh, this is just my theory. I'm talking about my own thoughts. I don't know that this is what happens, but beautiful women in Hollywood, you know, that have been in as many movies as she is and as big as a megastar as she is, we, we all age. And so she's aging and she's a good actress. And I feel like these kinds of parts, you know, Charlize Theron did this too, where there's a comes a part where it's like, okay, I can't play that beautiful girl, young girl anymore. The culture doesn't tolerate it. Sandra Bullock is obviously still a freaking gorgeous woman. Oh, yeah. But the, the culture doesn't tolerate her playing that sort of ingenue, you know, beautiful girl thing anymore. And so now mm-hmm. she actually gets to dig into quality roles. I mean, they all do this. Meryl Streep, you know, everybody does this. So this is one of those movies where she isn't doing the pretty thing. She's been in prison for 20 years. She proves really that she's capable of far more than than those those other kinds of roles. I mean, I think her performance is a little bit her performance is excellent. I think it's the the venue, you know, the script, the venue, whatever isn't as great as it could be. But, you know, so released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime, Ruth Slater, who's played by Sandra Bullock, re-enters a society that refuses to forgive her past. And so you really do, they definitely dive into how people, felons are treated, people who have a record are treated, and how people project onto her what her crimes mean to them and are very angry with her in many situations, but they, but that, that part of it, I found really interesting. I always find that interesting about how we, how we treat people who get out of prison in this country. So facing severe judgment from the place she once called home, her only hope for redemption is finding the estranged younger sister. She was forced to leave behind. So there's themes of, you know, having a criminal record, uh, there's themes of having been in prison, there's themes of a lot of trauma, there's a trauma that happened and a a story around that. And there are things revealed about her character that you didn't necessarily expect. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is in it. He has a a small, well, it's a larger part. I love him. Yeah, I love him too. His part is smaller. Of course, it's very much a Sandra Bullock vehicle. Uh, mm-hmm. The story's really pretty grim, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I can tell you that it's not as grim as it could have been. In other words, it's not, it doesn't rise to the level of gritty. Let's put okay. it that way. It's a grim, dark story and there's a lot of trauma in it, but it doesn't rise to the occasion of where like you're really offended or anything. <laughs> Let's okay. put it that way. But I enjoyed Fair. it. It's on HBO Max. Awesome. I mean, it's because we can stream these things now. Yep. I think it's worth a watch because of Sandra Bullock. Very cool. Anything else you watch? Uh, no, that was it. A lot of, I mean, there's been so much with all the Christmas stuff we've been watching and all that that um, I'm a little tapped out. Yeah, I watched a ton of other stuff. It's just not on brand for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just so much I've watched and it's that season and it's awesome. But you know what? Now, now we have to do the favorite part of our show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. everybody's favorite yeah i need the answers to the horror facts with kath that's what i need you got it cool you got it you i mean ready? Uh, uh, yes okay. <laughs> i'm trying number okay. one mm-hmm. how long was the screen adaptation of the movie it in production before uh it began filming 10 years Yes, nearly 10 what? years. What? Oh, okay. That was a guess. Thank you. I, I, nice I don't really, ta- I have to take credit for the guess, but I'm going to take credit for the guess. Nice work. Um, Number two. In 1990, a Nintendo game was in the works for which classic horror movie? The game was scrapped because the company developing it didn't want to pay Nintendo a fee. Bastards. Would have been really cool. Chucky? Hellraiser. Ah! That would have been cool to play Pinhead. My boy, Pinhead. Oh, that would have been cool. Okay. Number three, M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) Called this his most popcorn movie. It's a sixth sense. Signs. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
I haven't watched that in a while. I, I like that movie. That's one of my favorites of his. Mm-hmm. And maybe I that's that why it's theater. a popcorn movie because it actually hits all the right notes so more people like it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Number four, the idea for Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, 1984, was derived from an article Wes Craven read referencing what topic? Child uh, abuse. Teenagers who were dying in their sleep. Oh, okay. All right. Good guess, though. And then the last one, which three films ignited the slasher film craze of the 1980s? I don't know. Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, all those freaking classics, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. We very much appreciate you. Go and check out our merch at terrortalkpodcast.com. If you want to be a patron, check that out on patreon.com. We have a great time. We have a fun little community and everyone has become our friends for sure because it's like very special. I dig our people. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Merry Christmas. Mm. Happy holidays and sleep safe. Thank you.